As the 2022-23 NBA regular season is coming to an end, one of the biggest suspenses is who will win the MVP award. Two have been leading the race. They're Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets and Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am your host, Li Xiang. Let's begin with the standards I can tell by studying the previous MVP winners. First, he should be the best performing players during the regular season. Second, he should be the best performing player of the best performing teams during the regular season. Third, he should be one of the best performing players during the regular season and makes the best story to tell. For the first standard, it's hard to choose between Jokic and Embiid. Jokic, like I kept praising him previously, is among top three as a center on the offense. He has nearly no weakness on this end of the game and has proved that he could perform even better in the playoffs than he does in the regular season. Embiid, by contrast, is a different type of player from Jokic. He doesn't have the Joker's playmaking ability, but Embiid this season has already surpassed Jokic in individual attack. He is more aggressive and shoots to kill along the free throw line, either off the dribble or catch and shoot after setting screens. Embiid is a much better defender than Jokic, although the two share the same defensive problem. Both are not good at switching to guard fast perimeter players in mismatch. So to conclude for the comparisons on standard one, it's a tie between Jokic and Embiid. Then comes the second round for standard two. The best record of the season by Friday goes to the Milwaukee Bucks, but their best player Giannis Antetokounmpo has not been performing as well as he did in the previous two seasons, including the two seasons he won the NBA MVP back-to-back. But it must be pointed out that he only did worse by a very small margin. It's not like Giannis slipped, but it's more like the Greek freak is trying to preserve strengths for the playoffs. And let's not forget that coach Mike Budenholzer always has a unique rotations that he spreads Giannis playing time into many, many scattered periods. The Boston Celtics have the second best record, but their ace Jason Tatum is not even in the same layer with either Djokic or Embiid, personally. The Nuggets and the 76ers by Friday share the same record, but it's not a tie between them at this moment. The Nuggets were considered as a major champion candidate before this season had begun because they had Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back, finally. They're supposed to be the second and the third best performing guys in the team, and at least one of them should become an all-star caliber. That didn't really happen. First, Michael Porter Jr. is still a productive and big man shooter but he cannot be trusted for playmaking, defense, or attacking off the dribble. Maury had some highlights, but he left more performances and moments for which fans wanted to throw him some really salty language. Again, Aaron Gordon may be the second best performing player next to Jokic, but there's a limit on how much he could do. So, After nearly a whole regular season, the Nuggets, their fans, their opponents, and their opponents' fans all realized that Jokic, the Joker, is still the Nuggets' spine. He made them the Western Conference leader. 
Without Jokic, the Nuggets could easily lose to teams like the Pelicans or the Timberwolves. Embiid's role in the 76ers is different. He carries a big share of their offensive and defensive productions, but not in the way Jokic does. The 76ers' second-best performing guy is James Harden. Harden is not an all-star either this season, but remember this: a lot of people argued that Harden should have been one all-star caliber. He is also likely to become the assist leader for the second time this season after averaging double digits assists this season. And it must be noticed that though Harden now is more of a playmaker, which I was, which I'm quoting what Coach Doc Rivers and Embiid said after the lost series last season, he still averages more points than Murray, Porter Jr., and Gordon. Remember, Harden doesn't have a Nikola Jokic. To feed him the ball, he has to do both scoring and assists. I'm not saying that Embiid is not a 76ers best guy. He surely is, but his role in the team doesn't seem as significant as Jokic's role in the Nuggets. So, to conclude the comparison on standard two, both Jokic and Embiid are the best performing players of their teams, and their teams are two of the best performing teams in the league. But Jokic's share always seems a little bit. Bigger and less limited than Embiid's share because Jokic doesn't need a James Harden to feed him the ball. For standard three, let's dig deep into storytelling. Embiid hasn't won MVP before. Jokic, by comparison, is chasing his third MVP in a row. There are only three players in NBA history who have won the MVP for at least three straight times. They're Bill Russell from. 1960 to 1963, Will Chamberlain from 1965 to 1968, and Larry Bird from 1983 to 1986. When Bill Russell did it, he was in the middle of the Celtics' eight-title-winning streak, which is the longest win title-winning streak in NBA history, and he was the team's best player. When Will Chamberlain did it, he won only one championship, but began to play like a winner by focusing on defense and playmaking. Can you even believe that? A guy in Will's size, with his athleticism and with his poor shooting ability, finally became an assist leader. When Larry Bird did it, he had only one title too, but he managed to lead the Celtics to win more games season by season. Remember, he started his first MVP season in a team that has won 62 games. In the following season, they won one more, 63. In the next season, they won 67. It's easy to help a team that finished the previous season with, say, 30 wins, to bounce back and win 50 games. But when you are a 60-plus win teams. Imagine how hard it is to lead your team to do even better. All three players, Wilt, Russell, and Larry Bird, had great stories to tell. Jokic has been leading the Nuggets to win more games season by season since he was named the MVP for the first time in 2021. Embiid helped the 76ers get more wins this season as well, but neither actually did it in Bird's way. There were multiple players failing to win their MVP award three times in a row. For example, 
Magic Johnson was stopped by Michael Jordan in 1991. Then Michael was stopped by Charles Barkley in 1993. Steve Nash lost to Dirk Nowitzki in 2007. LeBron James first lost to Derrick Rose in 2011, and then lost to Stephen Curry in 2015. Curry lost to Russell Westbrook in 2017, and then Jokic himself beat Giannis in 2021. The above interruptions happen for good reasons. First, in 1991, the greatest player of all time, Michael Jordan, rose to dominate the NBA, and he took over from Magic Johnson. Charles Barkley led the Suns to win more games than Michael's Bulls in 1993. When Dirk Nowitzki won the NBA MVP in 2007, his team had a better record than any other team in the NBA. When Derrick Rose was named the 2011 NBA MVP, not only did his Chicago Bulls have a better record than LeBron's Miami Heat, the league wanted the youngest MVP in history. When Stephen Curry beat LeBron James to win the MVP in 2015, he clinched the greatest three-point shooter in NBA history. When Russell had his first triple double season, that is one of the best stories to tell, and that's why he beat Steph to win the MVP in 2017. Jokic, when he won the award for the first time in 2021, he showed how revolutionary he is as a center, especially on the offensive front. So Jokic's Nuggets don't match Russell's or Bird's Celtics in dominance. Jokic himself is not really pivoting in the way Wilt did when he won the three MVPs in a row. But Joel honestly hasn't made big enough progress as the guys I just mentioned. Neither did he make a good enough story. Actually, Joel recently had an unfavorable turn in storytelling. He had an interview with the Athletic this week, and he said, "I quote it: The criteria does change. If we want to talk about." The last three years since I've been in the running for it, he is talking about the NBA MVP. The first year it was that I didn't play enough games. Last year I came back. I played enough games. I led the league in scoring, and obviously Nikola deserved it and won it. But then again, he won as a sixth seed in the West, and then this year I'm leading the league in scoring. I'm doing all of these things defensively. I should be making an all-defensive team too. I don't care. But every year is something. And when you add analytics into it, which don't make sense, you can talk about analytics all you want. When you got some guys in the league, the eye test tells you that they're not good defensively. But analytics tell you they're the best defenders. That's when analytics don't make sense at all. I don't make the rules. I don't choose whatever criteria that they use. So it's really about whatever people's preferences are. People have been talking about who has the most pressure to win. People want to mention me. I'm not at the top of the list. I'm not a two-time MVP. I have never made first team All NBA. I've never won anything. So why is there pressure on me to do something when there are guys that have won two MVPs, a bunch of MVPs, and haven't done anything either? It doesn't really take much to understand that he was talking about Jokic in a not so pleasant way. In fact, Jokic was leading the MVP race for over half a season. The first turning point came when Embiid beat him, both in individual stats and in game result. When the Nuggets lost four games in a row, Embiid caught up and became the favorite in the MVP competition. Say, if Embiid 
defeated Jokic in the following day after the interview. He would have basically locked the MVP award, but he didn't. In fact, he didn't even play in that game. In a league like the NBA, people love players who provoke. But when you first provoke to a rival and then skip the battle, it just leaves nothing but the impression that you were scared. I mean, I totally understand and support that Embiid should take some rest so he can appear in the playoffs healthier and probably with better strength. But he is the one who sent that provoking message in the interview and then left everyone so confused and disappointed by sitting out that game against Jokic. That's really bad for his image when the regular season is nearly over. Voters don't really remember everything you do in the whole season. They remember your highlights, like winning streak or some epic stats, and of course, what you did and said in the final two months of the season. So there goes my conclusion for Center Three. Jokic may not have told an odyssey, but Embiid definitely told a real bad story at the wrong timing. I think so much for today. Thank you for listening. Please let us know what you think under this post by CGTN Sports on Twitter. Probably I'll be hearing from you guys very soon next week. See ya.